Back in the news, your boy, your favorite quarterback. My boy. Your boy, <laughs> Johnny Manziel. Look, Ray. Getting himself in all kinds of poop. We've all had a lot of fun at Johnny's expense, but... We have? Haven't we? That's we, This is the first time we've ever mentioned him on the air. Haven't we reached the, the point now where... Where the joke isn't funny anymore? It's not funny anymore. Yeah. It's like when we saw JPP's... It's like you would make fun of JPP with the fireworks until you see his... What's left? So you his see hand. his mangled hands. Yeah, and then you're like, eh. it's all funny till he tries to give you a handshake, and then you run from the room screaming. Yeah, same uh, thing with Johnny M. I mean, he's got some okay. problems. Obviously, here's the deal: Johnny Menzel showing up drunk to practice, uh, so drunk that he's told that he's in concussion protocol to try to cover him, so they can kind of derail the rest of his season. And then him forgetting that he's supposed to pretend like he has a concussion and then putting on a disguise with a mustache, sunglasses, and wig and going straight to Vegas and trying to be incognito as Billy is GD hilarious. Johnny Manziel getting drunk and stalking his ex-girlfriend, pulling her into a car while repeatedly beating her. Not funny. Not really funny at all. I mean, we try to keep it light and have fun and, and do a lot of goofing on this show. This has become not, not our territory uh, now. Not a lot of comedy. I hope he gets the help he needs. and he, I, mean, I wish he would stop saying that he doesn't need help. That's the big thing. Isn't that what all addicts say, though? I guess. If, the reason why he needs help is because he doesn't has think he, he but, needs help. But don't you realize you need help when you hit rock bottom? Has he not hit rock bottom? D- well, here's the deal. Does he probably blame the victim in this case? Does he turn around and say, well, if she hadn't have done all that, I wouldn't have needed to get drunk and drive her around Texas while beating on her. Terrible. But, I mean, if you're an addict and you're a me, me, me kind of a personality, you're going to blame everybody but yourself. Hasn't that been like his modus operandi at this point, you know, from forever? Yeah, that's true. Well, and it's, you know, he's got affluenza, Ray. Oh, he's got a huge case of affluenza. He comes from an affluent family. The struggle is real. (laughs) The struggle is real. I mean, at least nobody's been killed yet. At least we can get. At least we can go I mean, there. Just by the grace of God, our pure luck. <laughs> it's not from lack of his re- actions no. and reactions to things, but uh, yeah, Johnny Manziel. You know, I don't really even want to talk about him anymore. Is that weird? He's one of my favorite people to goof on and make fun of because he's so insane. Yeah, I mean, I guess so wrong. We can comment on the the proceedings if they're legal proceedings, but. Well, he's got to be suspended. It's not the fun-loving <laughs> story we had for a while. No. Well, how about the fact that... Uh, uh, it used to be just about how he couldn't play football, right? He does suck at football. <laughs> Let's start there. Uh, how about the fact that all this stuff comes out, they have all this info, they've got her testimony, they've got him admitting he did it, and then the final line of the story was, Dallas police are, police are not pursuing charges. And then all of us kind of look at each other and be like, why? Yeah. <laughs> He he did it. Everybody saw him do it. I think She's they are testifying. Later on, they're like, "Oh, uh, yeah, we are." They reopen the file. Yeah. Now, what that means? It means that she's oh, probably gonna, caught. She's going to get a big check, and then no. Oh, people noticed nothing happening, but ugh, it's disgusting. Yeah. Shame on you, Johnny. Shame on you, Cleveland Browns, for enabling right. this guy. This is more disgusting than Michigan's Jim Harbaugh taking his team to spring spring practice in Florida. Really? Yeah, he's trying to do that. Why not? And the SEC, for some reason, the SEC doesn't like that. Oh, that's sort of weird. (laughs) Uh, I mean, mean, do you think think they should be able to practice during spring break, though? That's a little weird. Uh, Do other teams do this? I don't think think you usually do practice during spring break. So it's a new... (laughs) Innovative coach, Jim Harbaugh. It's a new innovation. (laughs) Uh, It's an interesting move, I'll say that. Yeah, Michigan traditionally does do a lot of recruiting in Florida and Mm -hmm. gets a lot of people from... California, yeah. Florida. So the idea of taking the whole team down there, why not? If he's allowed to, why not? I bet you the people in Michigan wouldn't mind taking some winter time up well, in Michigan right a, now and going to Florida. If it's allowed to happen, 
I mean, if it's legal within the the NCAA, I don't see the problem with it. What's the problem? I mean, if it makes the SEC mad, it almost makes me like it. You know what? I don't like Michigan. You know what? Nick Saban in Alabama is perfectly welcome to go to Grand Rapids, Michigan (laughs) for any spring practice he wants to take. (laughs) Tradesies. I mean, maybe go where the good weather is. Maybe a nice spring break in the UP. That might be fun. That's how I know Jim Harbaugh is a true Michigan man, because when the weather gets bad, he goes to Florida. He goes to Florida. (laughs) That's just straight up. Hey, everybody. Oh, my. We have made it to the next thrilling chapter of Raisin Brent. Brent. And I'm Ray. And I'm Brent. And we have stuff to talk about. I mean, there was some sort of big sporting event that happened over the weekend, Brent. Uh, did you pay I attention I to that? I recall that. You didn't? You weren't? <laughs> you didn't take the day off like I did from work so you could watch the holiday that is the Super Bowl? I watched. I wasn't too invested in the outcome, I guess. No. Whoever wins, wins. You you preferred it if Carolina won. I always preferred if Denver. Well, let's say it the correct way, right? I always preferred if Denver loses. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I was trying to be Very nice. Very little but to do with Carolina. Who am I kidding right now? Yes. You 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 are a Denver hater. I mean, there was a Husker on the practice squad that gets a ring now. I guess that's... A- <laughs> does, that, does that terrible ref, who was also a Husker, get a ring as well? Well... But he wasn't the replay ref. No, that's the guy that. in New York. Yeah. That's Roger Goodell himself choosing the outcome. Yeah, but we'll you. get to our Super Bowl coverage <laughs> in just a little bit. This is going to be a pretty nerdy episode. because uh, <laughs> So a typical a typical raise around. More so than usual, folks. We're going to talk more about TV, video games, nerd mm-hmm. culture. Because uh, the Super Bowl is kind of the one big event. We were talking with each other about like what other big sporting events happen. Pitchers and catchers don't report for 11 days. Mm-hmm. We're in the kind of boring middle of the uh, NHL and NBA seasons where people are just stuck happening but eh. if you if you fell asleep for two weeks and came back you would probably miss nothing important in hockey and basketball am i right Just, uh... yeah oh great <laughs> <laughs> well let's we just go chaos in the studio right yeah, uh, that's a lot of stuff that just happened here uh i don't think i'm gonna leave Andy it all Dufresne in but... is running yeah amok he's got wires He's yeah, sorry guys. Uh, we just got our entire uh, train derailed because uh, uh, Brent had the dog in the studio, and he just decided to grab one of our cables and run around with it tied around it, his it, leg. It, yeah, he was <laughs> that was very exciting. Stuff. That happened. I blame Dino. Thank you, D- Dino. No dogs in studio. We told you this. Your your pay will be cut less in half this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it can't be less. Could be cut in half. Though. He could have to pay us to do yeah. it. I guess, uh, but we are talking about a lot of nerd stuff. Uh, what are we? What are we saying, Ray? He will still get one hundred percent of his salary. Okay, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about. Uh, let's see here. The uh, Walking Dead's coming back soon. We're going to talk about the yeah. X Files. Yeah, uh, episodes three and four of the X Files, which yeah. we're caught up on now. And we also going to talk about Blues and Bullets, this video uh, game. Blues and Bullets. I made you play it. You did. I. We'll talk about it. That we right. wanted to talk about it last week, but it was so. Weird. That well, I think it, it deserves needs, its it needs own a little segment. unpacking. Yeah, it does. So if you have not played before, you listen to us talk about it. Go and play it. It's five dollars, and it's a two-hour experience on your Steam store or what have you. And it's definitely a, a get in the conversation. This is an interesting yeah. thing. Uh, but until then, we're going to talk about the superb owl after three seconds of Beyonce. Brent, the Super Bowl was this last Sunday. It was. You sound disappointed. Well, I mean. It was a good game. I picked Carolina to destroy them, and that didn't happen. I still still stand by that prediction, Ray, by the way. 55-10? I do. We didn't realize that Carolina was just going to go all bumbo head the entire game. Drop four interceptions. Drop four long passes. 
Uh, get uh, some uh, dubious officiating. Uh, yes, there was some dubious. We're I'm looking- being nice by saying dubious. Before we start on any of that, how much do you hate people who go on their social media to let people know that they don't watch football? Is is there a more annoying like thing you could do? I'm going to start going on mine and just saying I don't watch Doctor Who because that's it's, exactly it's the comparison. Invariably the same thing. It's the opposite people. It's like the people who go to a Super Bowl party and then when a big play happens, they wait for the lull and they just yell sports ball. Yeah, it's just like I just want to go to a Doctor Who viewing party and then during a, a thing be like crappy sci-fi for children. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the same thing, I right? I mean, I don't hate Doctor Who, but I hate the people who do that. Oh, I hate Doctor that. Who, but I also yeah. hate the people who like Doctor Who. And yeah. they're the same people who do that, Brent. <laughs> but I was right with my Spoiler analogy. Spoiler alert. Right? Yeah. You were 100% correct, yes. Uh, I just like you. It's been a longstanding opinion of mine that you cannot be defined by what you hate. Mm-hmm. It, that is like the ultimate troll thing of it's like the same as the bandwagon fans who don't really have teams they just root for whoever the winners are all those new Seattle fans that have popped up overnight and all the people who have loved Peyton Manning for 15 straight mm-hmm. years it, they're just as useless as all these other people like me and you at least we're very clear like we hate on a lot of other teams but we're very clear where our teams are you, you. you have a punching point yes look I root for the only team that's ever gone winless in the modern age of the NFL I'm, yeah. You can punch at me any, as I mean, much as you want I mean, my team has to. a Super Bowl, but it was before I was born. It was Super so, Bowl, what, four? four? Yeah. yeah. Jeez, oh, Pete. So it's not even like you would even remember. Yeah. Yeah, I do get tired, and I you saw that I was getting into it with somebody on, on social media this week that basically has claimed two different teams, and then has just thrown it in my face. Well, I don't know why, first of all, why he's talking to me about the Chiefs when his sure. team just won. Go celebrate your win, dude. Yeah. I, I think I said made your point to you before we recorded. I said, look, if the Lions, God willing, ever make the Super Bowl and win it, right? Guess how many of my posts are going to be about the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, uh, zero. When, <laughs> and 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 you were getting into it a little bit with me too, like trolling me. But but my point was this. I just thought it was funny. My point was this: when the Royals won, I wasn't on anyone's other. St- I wasn't on a Mets timeline talking trash. No, but more importantly, I wasn't on a team that wasn't in the World. I wasn't on the Detroit Tigers. Thank you. Yeah, I wasn't on your thing going. Royals, yeah, yeah. You you weren't you didn't find a Minnesota Twins forum, right? And post all this like pro, exactly. anti Twins stuff, you know, pro uh, uh, Royals. That's just not what you do if you're a real champion. Which is how I know you're fake. It's what you do if you're a bandwagoner you, and you're a sad, sad person. So if you got nothing better to do. Sorry, that's your life. Hey, there's two ways to have the tallest building in town, Brent. Mm-hmm. One, work really hard and build the tallest building, mm-hmm. or two, knock build, everything down, build an average size yeah. building and knock down every other that's building right. around you. That's it. Two ways. They're both efficient. <laughs> but the Super Bowl itself, a little underwhelming. The game itself, I, I said earlier it was kind of good. It really wasn't. I got a third way. Oh, Jesus. I got a third way to have the tallest building. Donald, shouldn't you be in New Hampshire right now? Take the tallest building and pay to have your name put on it. Oh, there you go. I win. <laughs> yes, you do. Congratulations, <laughs> sir. And Donald Trump has left the building again. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, oh, by the way. Oh, he's back. No, he's gone. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that was me trying to be him. Oh, I see. Wow, I had no idea. The night of the New Hampshire primary, as you speak, Ray. Yeah, that's right. Uh, topical. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll look and get like some some mid... Uh, not that this will be topical. <laughs> by it? the time you hear this, you already know what happened in New Hampshire. <laughs> Don't worry about that. But you're going to get early results from us, guys. Later. <laughs> you get early results later. That'd be the news station I want. <laughs> front, front page news of tomorrow. That's right. Two days from now. Guess what, guys? Dewey defeated Truman. Oh, my God. Spoiler <laughs> alert. 
Uh, but no, boring game, right? Like, I, this was not a very compelling game. This not a very well-played game. It was a very def- ugly defensive battle. Uh, After their opening drive, Denver did basically nothing on offense the rest of the game. I don't want to say, like, completely ugly because the way Denver's pass rush was going, like, if that was the Chiefs doing that, Woof. I would have been like, woo, I would have been super excited. True. But it was, But it was kind of one of those, like, uh, one step forward, two steps back games, you know, where no one could get out of their own way. Carolina, they're down to the five. Oh, they fumbled. Oh, they're down to the 30. Oh, they fumbled. Oh, they get inside the 20 interception. Yeah. Like, yeah, Cam Newton, I felt was Cam Newton looked tentative out there. He looked, he just looked tepid. I mean, it looked like he was afraid to make decisions. There was almost yet, a fumble when he tried to uh, hand the ball to Stewart and then tried to pull it out at the last second. And Stewart's like, no, I'm keeping it. And then he just fell over. And yet I could argue with you that if they don't drop those four passes, they're probably at least tied. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the huge one was at the end. I mean, look, he doesn't didn't look great. I'll, I'll admit that. He but he bad. also is playing. I mean, we've talked about how this Denver defense is a great defense, like, great. and they showed it. Yeah, they showed exactly why they Their were the linebackers number one are super fast. Their pass rushes are great. Their corners are great. Can we talk about our friend? Well, I mean, okay. do we want to? We don't really normally usually name drop our friends on this show, so I'm a little reticent to do that. It seems like it's but an when your moment. friend, yeah. When your friend, and we don't talk about this a lot because, you know, we don't like to brag. But when we went to the ESPYs in 2014, we met a young man named Von Miller. Von Miller wearing a lovely vest. Uh, he let us both try on his cowboy hat. That's right. He did. Uh, he asked me if I wanted to try on his snakeskin boots, but I said, no, that's cool. It would, I mean, we were about to go into the theater. It would have been weird. It was, yeah. yeah. There was a really packed place. There yeah. was no room for changing shoes. I didn't shoes. want him to see my Pokemon socks. I thought he would think I wasn't cool. I think he would have liked them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But uh, uh, Von Miller, friend of the show. Our, I would say, Ray, us collectively, our best friend. We could say, I, I don't like to just say too much, though. You know what I'm saying? I don't like to peek that far behind the curtain. I don't know if, if we're his best friend, but he's our best friend. Oh, that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he has lots of friends, lots yeah. of media friends. But definitely, uh, when it comes to people that we reach out to, Von Miller but, is number one. If anybody's in town next week, Von is coming to town. We're all The three of us are hanging out. If you want to hang out with us, let me know. I will text Vaughn and see if it's cool if you hang out. But I, he's a right. pretty private guy. He doesn't like to hang out with just anybody. No. So when we befriended him at ESPYs, it was really a get. It was a get for the show. I got to say this. As a Chiefs fan, uh, do you know why uh, Vaughn Miller wears the number 58? Uh, I've heard there's a reason, but I don't know why. It's because he's such a huge fan of Derek Thomas, the Chiefs, right? R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. And he put out like a, a great tweet saying, like, man, I've, you know... I'm paraphrasing, like this would this goes out to Derek Thomas, you know, R.I.P. and uh, you know, you're my, still my inspiration and all that. Did he hold up the MVP trophy and say, "This, this one's for, for Tom D.T. S. Thomas"? See what I did there? Yeah, I was I, trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, but Von Miller will not be coming on the show. Way too private. Way too many other media obligations. Like we just, you know, he asked you know, us if he wanted to come on, and we were just like, yeah, "Not no." Can we just hang out with our friend? Yeah, thank you. We don't see you like that, Von. We see you as a friend. We don't want to use you for personal gain. Yeah, why would so you do that? We have some chili with him uh, later on this week, which is very exciting. He loves Cincinnati chili. Yeah, he, he demands we put it on spaghetti for him. That's it's right. terrible. That's right. Uh, in any case, so uh, Cam Newton looked tentative. We said this now. Was it purely the Denver defense, or did he just look off coming out the tunnel? Because I thought I just saw something in his. He just looked inside his own head. He looked like he was like second guessing himself out there. He wasn't just like playing football. Like maybe the moment became too big for Cam. And maybe we saw a sign of that a couple days, the final media day, when he like cut off all the interviews early, kind of angry and I mean, surly. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you can say that because they lost the game, but he played better than Peyton Manning did. 
Did he? Yeah. I don't know that he played any better than Peyton, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's QBR was 15. Listen, he won the game because Peyton Manning's a great champion <laughs> and a great quarterback. Not, I mean, I'm not actually going to argue that he's he's obviously is one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. You know, um, you have to give it to him. Despite his 13 losses in the playoffs. Look, <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady's had quite a few playoff losses as well. Probably about that many. Yeah. Okay. You want to drop this in? I'll tell you what his tweet actually said. Okay. So, Von Miller... His tweet uh, has a picture of Derek Thomas, and it says, uh, "R.I.P. Legend. Love. I try to. I try my hardest to make you proud. I'm. I'm wearing the number 58. Nice. So that's cool. It's thoughtful. I mean, for Von Miller to put the Chiefs logo on a on a tweet and a picture of Derek Thomas when those teams are mortal enemies. Didn't we just get on somebody for bringing up the Chiefs after they won the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, here's the deal." He's the champion. He oh, can bring up whatever he wants. He's allowed to. I guess he brought it up respectfully. How about yeah, that? Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, so he's not trolling. He's showing respect to someone. So how disgusting was it? Or what did you have an opinion? Peyton Manning wins the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Well, the Broncos won the Super Bowl and Peyton Manning was there. And Papa John is the first person he's hanging out with on the field afterwards. He goes over and gives Papa John a big wet kiss. That was weird, right? I think Bernie Sanders would hate that, Ray. <laughs> Yes, he would. Papa John <laughs> represents everything Bernie Sanders doesn't like. Um, I would guess it was just a little bit. And then he all of a sudden is talking about, like, how many times did he mention Budweiser? Like three times. And the, <laughs> hey, look, you can't convince me that <laughs> they keep saying, no, he didn't get paid to say that. Budweiser actually okay. came out and said that, yeah. Okay, yeah. People just drop a Budweiser on you because that's the best beer to drink. It reminds me of uh, LeBron James recently, how he says, like, uh, in a tweet, he... <laughs> He says completely, quote unquote, unprompted. He says, you know, people know me as being like, you know, a Mercedes Benz guy. But I got to tell you all, I saw this Kia when I was out hanging around the streets of Cleveland recently. And man, that car was sure something. Stop it, LeBron. Nobody thinks you're into Kias. Yeah. (laughs) Not one person believes you were not paid to say that. Peyton Manning, he not only says, I'm going to have a Budweiser. He's like, I'm I'm sure going to drink a bunch of Budweiser tonight. I know that for sure. You know, Budweiser's, that beer I really like. Also, I'm taking the kids to Disneyland because I didn't get a go last time. (laughs) We're going to Disneyland. Just kidding. We're going to the Budweiser Brewery in St. Louis, Missouri. (laughs) Nobody dropped to Disneyland, too. Yeah. Like, like, almost like he thought he was the guy that should have been the MVP, and he's saying that I'm going to Disneyland with my kids because last time I didn't get a go. Not because I was picked. Not because I was the MVP. I wasn't. I I still went. I might have been the LVP. I still went to Disneyland, but it turns out nobody cared. They let me come in a, a sad private entrance. Yeah. I get to come in through the tunnels and see the characters without their heads on. Okay, can we talk about, uh, uh, first of all, yeah, to answer your question, I thought that was disgusting that Peyton Manning, after winning this and cementing <laughs> his legacy, is worried about talking about Budweiser and Papa John's. I think he cemented his legacy as a corporate shill. Yeah, but he didn't have to do that. He won the game. That's all he had to do to c- cement his, right? But he's, he's, he's embedded with Papa John. Like, he owns a bunch of franchises. Yeah. For those that don't know out there. That's why he's in all the commercials. I assume that's why Joe Montana and J.J. Watt are in commercials as well. Um, because they're involved in this, this, this business. And, and God bless them, you know. Yeah, it's fine. Magic Johnson does Burger King. I'm not mad about that. Right. Uh, it's just, it's a little bit weird to actually, like, had Magic Johnson won an NBA title and then turned around and an actual Burger King was on the court giving him a hug immediately after the final mm-hmm. buzzer, yeah. I probably would have made fun of that, too. And if Cam Newton would have done that, they'd be like, oh, man, show some class, Cam. Oh, sure, you're into Beats by Dre, but did Dr. Dre have to be the first person you hug when you came off yeah. the field? Thug. Okay, I don't know how you fall on this, because we didn't actually talk about it, but obviously Cam Newton, after the game, didn't give great answers, didn't have good body he was language. Off. He was mad. Yeah. Uh, and 
I want to know what you thought about that because in in comparison to other things, because when New Orleans beat Peyton Manning, that's right, right, Super Bowl forty four. Peyton Manning ran off the field without shaking anybody's hand. Didn't do nothing. Yeah. He okay. Did, he did worse than what Cam did. Cam shook people's hand, and he just didn't want to deal with the media. Plus, you could hear a Denver dude just like bragging in the background. It's the Super Bowl. Can we not have like? You know, walls that we can't hear through? Yeah. Or can we not have two different rooms where you can't hear the two people doing interviews? This is a multi-billion dollar industry. You got to put up, like, you know, New York apartment-style walls in between the rooms. Yeah. You're supposed to be recording people. I, I, yeah, I just lost, and I, I didn't play very well. Thanks, I could hear the Chris Harris bragging about how they were stacking <laughs> the box against me because they wanted to see me pass. Yeah, I, I could have, here's the deal. I don't think it was right. Cam Newton should, if you're going to be the guy and be the swag and you're mm-hmm. going to put it out there, you have to. Have to, Ronda Rousey, take notes. Have to be able to face the music when and if you lose. Because it's true, they're building you up to tear you down. Yes. However, if they if they build you up, you're a part of that. And if you win, they're going to like put you on a high enough pedestal. And let's face it, would Cam Newton have had the same reaction had he won the game and people have been praising him? No. It's no. because he lost. He was angry about it. He was butthurt about it. Something and about... And it was immature. It know, was immature. That's fine. Something about uh, the way he... He reacted, I kind of respect, I guess, especially when he explained it today. I mean, he's he didn't make excuses today, you know? I would respect him less if he was like, oh, yeah, I was caught up in the moment. Like, that's 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 weak stuff. It, that's, it happens, like, though. No, yeah, but, but I respect him more for saying, look, I don't like to lose. I'm a sore loser. That's <laughs> At least he's admitting you know what I mean? it's a flaw in himself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there were too many people. Like, because too many... Does, what does everybody say when they do that? Oh, you know, I was caught up in the moment. Oh, I wasn't thinking correctly. I was emotional. No, he was just like, no, I'm a sore loser. Let's I'll be it. honest. There are a bunch of really terrible people out there who really wanted to see bad things happen to Cam Newton on that football field, mm-hmm. and they gleefully got everything that they wanted, and they were going to be the first in line to needle Cam after the game about it in hopes that he loses his cool. Right. And maybe Cam in the moment felt like he was about to lose his cool and say some stuff he shouldn't say, and he was being needled a little bit by a media that, let's face it, hasn't had his back necessarily through this process. And he said, I'm going to get myself out of the situation or something bad. What's worse, him leaving early in a surly manner or him blowing up and just making a fool out of himself? I mean, honestly, he did act a little immature, but he did answer the questions. He basically said, like, we dropped passes. We had stupid penalties. Yeah. Uh, errant throws. He mentioned all the things. What else do you need to know? Yeah. He was out there for three minutes. Yeah. You had every, every sound bite you're going to get. At least you know he did part of it. It's not like he didn't. He didn't wasn't Marshawn Lynch. But it was like all these silly lead, like, like that. I, I don't like it when look. I'm not against the media at all. I mean, I went to broadcasting school, for goodness sake, right? I don't like it when obviously. I don't like to this it show. when the, I don't like it when there are when they try to do these leading uh, questions that are like. So how heartbreaking is this for yeah. like? Like, how much does this really hurt you down to the core right now? At the bottom, of, I mean, you have to be feeling really, really like. Just ask a question, a factual question. Cam, some people out there think that you're a terrible quarterback who will never win a Super Bowl. Now that you've lost a Super Bowl, how do you feel? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, no, you got to be respectful, you guys. My goodness, he put it all out there. Uh, He looked bad. You can't say that. I mean, look, you can say that he didn't try to get that one fumble at one time, but he explained that also. He's like, from the angle I was jumping, I would have been in an awkward angle with my legs. 
and there were other guys in front of me with the ball. He actually ended up being in a better position to recover the ball. I'm glad you. I'm glad you 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 brought that up because yeah. I felt like I felt like I knew exactly what was going through his head, mm-hmm. and that's in the immediate moment you're frustrated because you know what just happened. Well, he started going in. You look and you see the ball. You start to go in. You think that somebody else is going to get there, and you don't have a chance to get it. So then you kind of go was halfway. Still, he was still ready for it to come out. It was, but he was like he went halfway. Didn't think he had a chance at it. Pulled back, and then immediately upon pulling back, goes, "Oh crap! I did have a chance for it." Yeah, and I think like I've done that in countless other non-football related situations yeah. where I'm like, "Oh, maybe I can get this elevator." Oh, it's gonna be. Oh shoot, I could have got it. Like yeah. that's the kind. It happens all the time in life, and it's one of those you talk yourself out of something in the split second, and it turns out had you just gone for it, you could have gotten it. Yeah. No saying he would have got the, the the football back. No saying they would have won the game if he right. did it. But it was it looked bad in the moment because it looked like he didn't try, and yeah. obviously he's out there trying. Stop it! That's a yeah, bad. He's, he's getting beat. I mean, he's getting beat down by this defense too. He's yeah. getting hit hard. I don't think he quit though. I don't think he gave no, up on the I game. Think I think so. that's a bad take. I thought, and I thought, like if I'm going to blame this loss on anybody, Ron Rivera's game plan was terrible. Man, okay? you yeah. got a team Denver who, as it turns out, right? They had two decent drives. I think they both ended up uh, one. No, they well, had one, two, one they started had two on the five. Drives. The first drive of the game was good. Peyton had a couple of really field good goal. passes. They had two decent field goal drives. The touchdowns were both. One was on defense, right. and one was they got the ball at the four yard line. Yeah. Do you know how many? So those thirteen drives, those two drives where they got like sixty five and forty nine. The yards. field goal drives. Do you know how many yards they got in the other eleven drives? Combined? I'm guessing less than that. Forty five yeah. yards in eleven drives, Ray. Yeah. So you can't tell me Carolina's defense wasn't also bringing no. it. Now they did drop at some crucial interceptions. They did. Potential pick six at one point. Yep. It's dropped. They dropped at least three. <sighs> Tough. Um, but they also held them to very few yards, but Carolina's offense... Okay, <clears throat> so what, I'm, what my point was is we knew that, that Denver wasn't going to run up a lot of yards and a lot of points. We knew that. Okay, so why is Carolina playing as if they have to score 40 points? Why are they throwing deep all the time, even early in the game? And what also drove me a little bit nuts is at the beginning of the fourth quarter, uh, there was no urgency with Carolina at all. They were only down six points, and they were sort of just like lollygagging up to the line. What about when they? What about the, the play calling at the end of the first half when they had plenty of time and they let like 30 seconds run yep. off the clock? yep. They played like a team who just assumed they were going to get more chances, and then as the chances start getting fewer and fewer, they didn't seem to up their up their momentum, up their urgency at all. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, I even posted online, I thought those uh, poop commercials had more urgency than the Carolina Panthers did all game. <laughs> I didn't see that, but that's funny. It uh, made me laugh. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So uh, let's talk about the commercials, since I brought it up really quick. Do you have okay. any favorites, any least favorites? I'll start. Um, okay. Puppy baby monkey is one of the most horrifying thing ever, and it needs to be burned with fire. Who thought this was a good idea? Mountain Dew. Okay, Ray. I got. I cannot disagree with you more. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> kidding. I, <laughs> okay. I'm like. Okay, I don't know you at all. Then. Okay, we've got. You this know how thing. I. You know how I know it was terrible. My timeline on Facebook was filled with people saying, "My mom loved that commercial." <laughs> I'll tell you, my my Facebook feed, I looked at it like in the aftermath of that commercial within the five minutes afterwards. Like every non-football fan who's watching the game that I knew, there was like two dozen people commenting on puppy baby monkey. Nobody even remembered that it was a Mountain Dew beverage, by right. the way. People thought it was for Doritos. Yeah. Just for the record, that's how good the commercial was. It angered people. They didn't like it, and they got the wrong product associated with it. So I guess good job, Mountain Dew, for making people hate Doritos for that commercial. Right. Uh, yeah, I the guess. Doritos one was terrible, too. Uh, the one I Pretty liked, bad. and I don't even remember who the uh, who the sponsor of the ad was, but it was the one where it had three guys from season two of The Wire that worked at the docks. That was wonderful. That was a Prius commercial. Yeah. 
And that was them going on the chase. Uh, after robbing the bank, they yeah. steal a Prius. And immediately somebody, because I never watched The Wire, yeah. but uh, somebody in my viewing party just all of a sudden was like, it's all the dudes from The Wire. Oh, my God. Well, uh, one of them the in the back seat, I don't know if you recognize him, is Pornstash. From, yes. Uh, okay. That's Pablo Shriver. Uh, Chris Bauer was in the... Uh, Pornstash from Orange is the New Black. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pablo Shriver, uh, which is Lee Shriver's brother, uh, oh, okay. for the record. I didn't realize that. Uh one guy, I don't know if he was on the wire, but he was really funny on Nurse Jackie, uh, the other guy in the back seat, and then Chris Bauer, who was the sheriff on True Blood mm-hmm. uh, and other stuff. Uh, w- True Blood with Riley Smith. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Last season. And uh, the guy that played Ziggy, who was uh, great on the wire, and he also played a great character on uh, Generation Kill, which you haven't seen on HBO's great little uh, miniseries. So uh, we got a couple of really quick, and those were great. Anyway, I like those actors, and I like the yeah. commercial because I got to see those actors. I That's loved it. it. Yeah, that and was it's good. good to know that the young, the, the small actors can still get a part in commercials. Uh... Did you did you feel like these I mean, commercials... did we need Ryan Reynolds in that commercial? He doesn't need the money. I do. You do. I do. We do. <laughs> Nobody asked me though. Nobody asked me. Don't to know play... how you do the voodoo that we do. Nobody asked me to play Deadpool either. What kind of town is this? Oh, I thought thank you just you. show up and they just hand you stuff. You don't require makeup. <laughs> Wow. Oh, wow. That's mean. Got dark in here. Because <laughs> I wear a hood all the time. Yes. You clearly uh, look like your face is covered with tumors, Ray. I mean, yes. <laughs> if you've seen the pictures. Um, did it feel like the commercial was a little more tepid this year? A little more boring? A little it's more bland? It's been like that for a while. And they I just, feel like people taking, are. This is the PG 13 movie culture we live in, isn't it? I guess. And they're also, I guess, uh, trying to just actually sell the product and highlight the product instead of just being funny, which is kind of. Because, you know, a couple years ago, a few years ago, people were like, oh, I loved all these commercials. I have no idea who, who the commercial was for. They were all for Bud Light. Just for the record. Thank you. Every single one of those commercials is for Bud Light. Uh, my highlight of the commercials, uh, no stupid uh, Clydesdale Budweiser commercial. How about that? They, they teased it, but they didn't do it. I know. But instead, we got the ultimate Clydesdale, Peyton Manning, pitching Budweiser wow. after the game's over. He's got a horse face, is all I'm trying to say. He does. Kind of. So you think he's attractive? Uh, absolutely. Thank you. Um, we got some uh, prop bets before we get real quick here. First oh, off, how do we do it? I don't even remember. Yeah, uh, I've got them written down right here. The ones we disagreed on. First okay. off, the, the, the game itself. Wait, let's do the ones we agreed on first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, we agreed that uh, Cam Newton would hand the ball to a boy and not a girl after his first touchdown. He didn't hand it to anybody. Nope. So, uh, push. Uh, would Manning retire in the post-game press conference? We both said no. We, we were both not. correct. No. Uh, would Mike Carey get a call wrong? Yes, he yes, did. Yes. <laughs> Mike Carey in the first quarter got that one. We both said yes, and, right? And Mike Carey was right. Yeah. He did get it wrong, though. Yeah. <laughs> he made the right call. The refs in New York got it wrong, and we both said yes. And uh, would Steph Curry be wearing a – we said Cam Newton jersey. It turned out he's wearing, a, I believe, a Steph Curry jersey. Steph Curry jersey. Which I guess if people didn't recognize who he was – uh, that's okay. Where we disagreed. Uh, what song would Coldplay start with? Uh, the answer was yellow. Okay. And then he played what? Viva da Vida? V- yeah, Viva la Vida. La Vida. Uh, we, we both were wrong on that. Okay, yeah. You said it'd be clocks, and I said it would be adventure something. Mm-hmm. And we were both wrong on that. We were incorrect. Yes. Now, here's what I'm not sure about Did Ked- Ted Ginn drop a pass? Brent, I said yes, he would. You said no, he would not. And the answer Let is. Let me ask. Okay. Yeah, you, you tell, me, <laughs> tell, me what, tell me what you're going to say. Well, he did drop a pass. Okay. I ask you, look, 
a pass went through his hands. Yes. But it was intercepted by Denver. Yes. So I believe this is an occasion of like the if a if a ball drops in the forest but gets intercepted before it hits the ground. <laughs> Listen. Is it really a drop? It's up to the judge's scoring and the judge <laughs> called it a drop. Ah! I win the bet. And then here's the really interesting one. Okay, Brent. We 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 disagreed on this one too. Bet number 7. Mm-hmm. So far I'm winning one nothing basically okay. and once yes. we disagreed with uh Donald Trump versus the winning Score. Did Donald Trump in Iowa, who has the higher number? Donald Trump's vote percentage in Iowa mm-hmm. or the winning score of the Super Bowl of the winning team? Now, here's the answer. I said it would be Donald Trump, and you said it would be the winner of the Super Bowl would have a higher points, which you thought would be Carolina. Mm-hmm. The answer is Donald Trump got 24.3% of the votes, and Denver scored 24 points by .3. Donald Trump is the winner. I take the Super Bowl. I thought he had 23%. I I just looked it up. It's 24.3% of the vote in Iowa. And that's with Ted Cruz cheating. Uh, He did, but that's a separate (laughs) issue for a separate podcast. I'm just saying, you could have had more than (laughs) 24.3. It's definitely the case. But .3 is enough to win by points. Wow, that's crazy. Very close. How close is that, right? That's really crazy. So if they don't go for it for two or it misses it, whatever, you know, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Very, very interesting stuff right there. So any final thoughts on the Super Bowl? Before we put this one to rest. Gosh, you know what? It actually makes me feel uh, better about the Chiefs to know that a Super Bowl could still be won just by the defense. Sure can. What did you yeah. say? 15? <laughs> 15. Yeah. Peyton Manning's passer rating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. it QBR passer I rating? I think QBR. Yeah, we yeah. don't follow that. Either one. Either way, Either it's way, bad. Either way, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that's there right there. Let's time to get nerdy, Brent. You ready for that? Yeah. Let's do it. After three seconds of Bruno Mars, my cousin. <laughs> Lots of television going on. What are you doing? Oh. Did you like it that that was Mulder's ringtone? <laughs> that, that was weird. That was, it made me laugh. <laughs> Do you understand why they kept the same? It's so weird to me that they keep the same intro graphics and like opening, like, uh, opening to the show from the 90s. Yeah. That's weird, right? I don't know. Because it looks fine. straight out of the 90s. It looks like silk stockings I out like there. Uh, and yet the, they don't look anything like those people anymore. Those are more. True. Those are them from like 20 years ago. Well, you know, but if the show had continued going, it would still be like that, right? Not necessarily. Oh, yeah, it would be. Clearly it would be because it is. But Law & Order SVU has been going for 20 years, and they change the intro every year to reflect the new people on the show and how they look different. Law & Order is still on. SVU? You don't still watch SVU? I... I thought it got canceled in the first season. Uh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> we should do a Law & Order SVU podcast. Now that I'd be on to. Uh, not me. Although <laughs> I watch it. You know, it's one of those shows that, it's a guilty that, pleasure. that my wife watches. Yeah. And uh, I end up watching it because she falls asleep and I go to bed and it's halfway through. I was like, oh, yep. I, we're already past the red herring suspect. Yep. Let's see who yep. the real suspect uh, is. SVU hasn't been good in many, many seasons. Still one of the most watchable shows on television. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> With a callback to uh, Pablo Shriver, who played like... He kidnapped uh, totally, uh, Mariska Hargitay yeah. for two episodes and took totally. her on a thing. Came back for a third episode. Yeah. Totally creepy character on that show. Oh, he's, is he creepier on that or on Orange is the New Black? It's not even close. He's creepier on SVU. On SVU because it's he's not a comedy. lots of criminal acts and yeah. doing terrible things to people. And almost to a comical level, though. He's doing so many terrible mm-hmm. things to people. They're, it's just so over the top. You, I had to start laughing. He's like at a Hannibal point. Lecter bad on this show. He kind of is, but without the eating people. 
It's more like with assaulting them. As far as we know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the X-Files right now. Speaking of creepy mm-hmm. eating people and whatnot. So episodes three and four of the first six have now dropped since the last time we recorded. Okay. And I thought episode three was much better than episode, episode four. Episode three is one of those classic it was very X-Files good. one-off, a uh, little campy monster uh, with, uh, and I like the the whole thing they had where, where Mulder, you know, has been doubting things and all of a sudden he sees this thing and he's like, okay, I'm going back to believing. <laughs> that, it's, it's weird. Now, I don't, like I said, I'm not to rephrase, you're an X-Files watcher from before and mm-hmm. I am not. Yeah. I am really just kind of picking it up. It seemed weird that the entire episode seemed to be Mulder not believing and Scully being the one to be like, no, dude, you should totally believe in the crazy thing. That's, that's, that's weird, well, right? Well, that's the joke about it is that like, Suddenly, like this thing's right in his face. He's always believes, and he's in such a bad state now that he's he's not believe. All right, fine. It's not real. It's gonna be proven that it's not real, and that it ter- totally is real. Yeah. Was it weird that uh, Scully said, oh, "What do you? Why are you throwing darts at my I want to believe poster?" Yeah. Was that like a weird like plot twist twenty years in the making, where everybody assumed it was uh, uh, Mulder's? Uh, poster and it turns out to be Scully's. Was that was that weird? That no, felt off to me. No, because if you think about it, like maybe she does want to believe, but she's a person of science, and he believes. He believes. He doesn't need a poster that says "I want to believe." I guess that's true, huh? Uh, that's always, I guess, coming from his perspective, though. Of right. the UFOs and whatnot. I guess I thought that was a little off-putting in the episode. Not off-putting. How about Kumail Nagiani on the show? How wonderful was he playing Kumail like the weird great. animal control guy? Uh, Him as a big say, fan. He has his own, if you don't listen to it, he has his own podcast, The X-Files Files. You should totally check out yeah. if you're a fan of The X-Files. Mm-hmm. And now because he's such a fan and they knew it and he's famous, he gets to be on the show. Taking a spot from another young actor away. He was Darn great. it, Kumail. He, he was great, but, uh, you know, when I, <laughs> once I saw Kumail, uh, I was you like, do, okay, uh, he's got to be. I, was, I just turned to Tressa and I go, he did it. He did. He's it. like, did what? I was like, he did it. Whatever it is, he did it. Whatever it is. Now, uh, and maybe I was right. No, and this is the this is the Law and Order. Well, you know what? It was Came a week ago. It. Whoever. No spoiler alert because it's already been a week and a half. If, yeah, yeah, he did it. He's the killer. Um, it's, it's the Law and Order theory that if you if you get a bunch of suspects in the first twenty minutes of an episode of Law and Order, yeah. whichever one is the most famous that you recognize from somewhere else is the killer. Is the killer? Yeah. <laughs> Every single time. I don't care if he's just the janitor. Yeah. Like you don't hire that guy to play the janitor I, unless I, the janitor did it. I did think the ending of the episode where you know we we suddenly realize that this uh, creature who is uh, some kind of... He's a lizard man. He's a lizard thing. man. He's not a human. He's a lizard man. And he's, he's a lizard who was turned into got, a human. He got bit by uh, a human, so he starts looking like a human. It was so uh, weird. Keeps transforming back and forth and keeps getting caught just the wrong place, wrong time guy. <laughs> yes. He's just trying to live his life. He's trying to figure out how to be a human. He doesn't like it. He keeps getting accused because he's just in proximity of murders, yep. but be- it's not him. Because it's a small town and he's near Kumail, who's the real killer. Uh, spoiler! I absolutely now. There's the part of the episode I absolutely loved. Uh, it was the part where he spends a literal like 20 minutes telling his story. I swear to God, mm-hmm. it's the longest sequence I can remember seeing in television outside <laughs> of an HBO show because it just keeps going and going and going. No commercials in between, and it's just the scene at the graveyard, and he's just going, 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 going. And I, I looked up, and it was just like, holy f! I turned to my wife, and I go, "That was the longest television scene I've ever seen in my life." And then when Kumail at the end gets captured, <laughs> he 
He says, he starts to tell his story. They're like, yeah, we don't care. Take him away. And he's like, but I prepared this whole thing. He's like, nope, nope, don't care. And that was so meta funny to me that they would give the lizard man like the longest scene ever to tell his story. And then the actual killer is revealed and they just sweep him away. And and, and the killer's famous. Yeah. It's Kumail Haji. That, I swear to God, I was laughing so hard at that when I realized in the moment what they were about to do. And then they followed through with it. And I absolutely freaking loved it. Well, the, the thing, the other thing I loved about it was, okay, so one, how you know, one of the things in the that he that Mulder gets told is like, yeah, this creature has to be killed by green glass, green glass, right? Yes. And so the creature brings green glass to him so that he can in the kill cemetery him scene in the yeah. cemetery, and you know, Mulder refuses to kill him with the green glass, right? And then after the creature leaves. You see Mulder pull out a bottle of green glass. A bottle of green glass to take a drink of the same bourbon. Like he, t- he totally was going to do it. He's totally going to do it. Well, until he heard the story and he realized he was not a bad guy. Right. And it turns out every single person in that town was creepier than the creature from the Black Lagoon guy. The guy running the motel was a creeper, looking through the animal heads at people oh, while they was, sleep. That was just classic X-Files Creepy. right there. That was great. I and loved it. And we see Mulder in his... Uh, now, yeah, in his tidy whities Not tidy whities well, they, they were, were like, like Speedos. They were like Speedos. They were ridiculous. <laughs> it was so stupid. Sleeping above the covers with Speedos on. Nobody does that. That's ridiculous. Hey, it was hot. It was hot, <laughs> I guess, apparently. Um, uh, now, is the X-Files normally this comedic? Because this was a very lighthearted episode, Sometimes all things are. considered. Yeah, it, I think of the X-Files in, in my brain, the uh, image that I have is much more along the lines of the first two episodes, which had comedic moments, but overall mm-hmm. were very dark and serious. I feel This like episode is pretty much light from get-go. A lot of the ones that aren't, they're kind of like one-offs, or end up being a little more comedic. You know, they're funnier because they're not involved. They're not the main storyline that has to do with some kind of sinister yeah. uh, conspiracy from the government. They, they call it Monster of the Week episodes. Okay, sure. Uh, I, 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 the other thing I liked about the episode is, is how you're sitting there watching it and probably not realizing, <clears throat> even though the name of the episode is Mulder and Scully meet the weir monster, yep. the weir, and you're like sitting there going, oh, well, there's a guy from the creek that looks like a lizard. Well, we should have known the whole time there was a, you know, a werewolf type guy. So he was a werewolf. That was unclear. Uh, I don't know that he was a werewolf. He was just a human. Just He was just biting people. He was just biting people yeah. and killing them and burying them yeah. and acting like a guy who's a werewolf, right. but he never changed yeah. at all. No, no, no. The, they didn't have the budget for that. Yeah. They had to do the lizard man effect too many times. <laughs> no, I don't think he was a, weir- a werewolf, as far as I, what I remember. No, I, 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 they were giving the impression like he was, except that he he never actually, the, I thought they the don't whole, pay it off. The whole, uh, the whole, the whole point of the weir monster, or the, the lizard guy was like, Man, these humans are crazy. So yeah. it doesn't have to be a monster. The human is the monster. The human is the monster. You're the worst people. You know who does that? Humans do that. That's right. It was good. And then episode four, the, the Trash Man episode. I didn't like this one as much. It, the premise is solid. Mm-hmm. The premise is homeless people are getting a tough break. There's an artist who creates this Trash Man like icon character who then comes to life like through some spiritual thing and murders all the terrible people who are mean to the homeless people. Yeah. And then he that ripping them, ripping off their arm and heads bit, and then throwing them in trash and whatever. That was was oh my gosh, that, that was, was cool. That was straight out of Silent Hill, is what there was. Yeah, that was cool. I was like, whoa. Uh, so I guess I was a little bit more bought into it when that happened than you were. Uh, I loved that. It's just the episode itself just it, it just didn't quite hit the right tone for me. Yeah, I don't know. I get it. it just it's whatever it, it, it was. Is, it, it didn't was have a, it. Like we did talk earlier, it did remind me a little bit of like a uh, from like the eighties and nineties that uh, Friday the Thirteenth the TV series absolutely where there's like haunted 
there's always like or, haunted like, objects. Remember and Tales from the Dark Side? Yeah, that kind of a story. Um, you know, had kind of a, a symbolism of like like Candyman and stuff mm-hmm. in it. You know, all that stuff was in there. And on paper, I'm I'm looking back over and I'm like, okay, I should have really liked this episode. Yeah, it was a, a good idea. It was well presented. Just something about it fell flat to me, and I can't put my finger on it. But right. I, I wouldn't stop watching the show over it. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's just something about it just didn't hit the way I thought it should, and I can't really explain it. I was mm-hmm. hoping you could explain it, but apparently that's no. I mean, it's it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Uh, but there's our now. Walking Dead comes back this weekend, so next week we're gonna split the segment between wrapping up the last couple episodes of X Files mm-hmm. and then starting Walking Dead. Yeah, it's time for Negan. Yeah. Any big anything I should look forward to? Any like things I should look for with Negan? Yeah. Uh, here's who Negan's gonna kill, and here's how he does it. Well, let's not do that per se. Oh, then uh, yes, uh, Negan uh, is very good at writing poetry. And uh, being nice to people. Okay. So I'm excited about both. Yeah. And uh, to be fair, just because he killed people in the comics. Yeah, it's true. That don't mean he's going to kill the same people here. No, I believe that he will be a very nice guy in the You think he's going to join them? Like the governor Uh, did? Yeah, I think he'll give them all of his weapons and like, hey, guys, you know, I know you thought I was going to be bad. I'm good. Here's all my stuff. I like that. I like that take on the character. And then he probably is one of those guys that does like the, the French kisses where he kisses you on both cheeks. I like it. Like, very European. So guys, we have a lot to look forward to on Walking yeah, Dead. Let's great. come back and talk about one of the strangest video games I've ever played in my <laughs> life, Blues and Bullets. And we're going to do that after three seconds of Lady Gaga. Okay, you guys, Blues and Bullets, episode one, showed up at the mm-hmm. Xbox store. I, I like the, the the graphic art on it, the picture of it. I like anything that says episode one after it because I like these episodic games a lot. Right. And I've been playing through them all. I'm playing through a game called Life is Strange right now, which you played a little bit. You didn't. I played the demo of it. I'll, I'll, if you if you want to talk about it on the show, I'll play it and uh, we can talk about it. I don't know if it's right for the show, but I'm okay. enjoying it. I'm then definitely. I won't play it. It's a different vibe than these other ones, but it's Maybe an episodic. Uh, Blues and Bullets, though, you should go get it. It's like five bucks. It's a two-hour experience. This is one of the just on on its surface. It looks like a normal like film noir gumshoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 set back in the Al Capone set back in, days. Yeah, set back in like the 1940s or the era of prohibitions over now. Yeah, uh, and all of this stuff. But then when you start digging even just a little bit, this is one of the strangest games, and we have to talk about it. So if you haven't played it, you might want to skip. Skip this and then go play it. And then after you're finished with it, you're going to want to come back here because you're going to want to process it yourself. And if you're not going to play it, you can just listen and then maybe some. You know what? It's weird. There's all types of people, right? Because I don't like to have anything spoiled for me in a game. Right. Uh, and my wife is the opposite. Tressa, she almost is like, well, if you tell me what happens, maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> well, you know, if you're one of those so, people, keep so going. Keep listening. Yeah. So you play as Ellie and Ness, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Uh, but of course, it's presented as this: Elliot Ness uh, uh, gets a mission from Al Capone, post jail, Al Capone, and he has to rescue Al Capone's granddaughter uh, 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 from devious people in like 1940s Chicago or mm-hmm. something to that effect. Right. The game opens with a 10, 15 minute sequence with a satanic cult <laughs> and a girl escaping from a satanic cult leader. Yeah, that looks. Kind of like the Yellow King. A lot like the Yellow King. Uh, from True Detective. We would have to say heavily influenced by True mm-hmm. Detective is a strange, like, you, you, you're being sold one thing and then you're being given another right I'll, away. I'll be, I'll be honest, Ray. Like, throughout this entire game, I always felt like, oh, so then this one, there's, they're 
they're copying or uh, re- referencing this game. Oh, here's Evil Within. Yep. Here's Bioshock. There's a lot of that. Here's uh, here's uh, here's uh, L.A. Noir. Yeah. With some of the interview sections right. and stuff. Yeah. Um. So they, they cut to Elliot Ness, who's now an old man. He's retired. Mm-hmm. Uh. It turns out that Elliot he makes a dang good blueberry pie. He does, though, but he's his, really into rhubarb in his, pie in his diner. Yeah. yeah. You spend about twenty minutes convincing a guy to eat a slice of blueberry pie. Mm-hmm. Guys, okay, so this this is a game that takes real people and real events and then Fs them up incredibly no, it, it to takes, tell a strange story. It takes their name and then just says, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> sure. So you learn that Elliot Ness, back in the day, when he was still a gumshoe, got really, really drunk on Christmas, went to Al Capone's house, murdered two dozen people, mm-hmm. and arrested Al Capone and got him put in jail for being a gangster. That's right. So if you already think that sounds weird... <laughs> You are correct. Um, I also don't remember Al Capone. Uh, uh, first of all, I don't remember the Hindenburg not burning up. Okay, we'll and, get there. Okay. Because <laughs> before that happens, you get cut to uh, uh, now Elliot Ness is retired after beating Al Capone and putting him in jail for, what, 11 years? And now instead of dying in prison from syphilis, Al Capone has been rehabilitated and is now a upstanding businessman living in the community. And Elliot Ness runs. He murdered two dozen people. Nobody seems to care. In right. fact, he doesn't even care about those lives so much that he opened a diner called Blues and, Blues Bullets. and Bullets. Literally the thing he used to kill he's people. throwing it in the cop's face. Elliot Ness, he's a thug. He's a thug. He's opened a, and it's just a regular diner. And apparently he's the only one that works there. And it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Don't worry about that. 60 something year old Elliot Ness, who makes the meanest rhubarb and blueberry Mm -hmm. pies in town. He gets whisked away to a special mission. Al Capone has a mission for him, Brent. And what's that mission, Brent? Get my granddaughter. Get my granddaughter back. Get my granddaughter back. She's been kidnapped by satanic cultists. Clearly, you want to help me. (laughs) Yeah. Of all the people. And clearly, uh,. You making blue blueberry pies now. You're the one that's going to crack this case. You be the most effective person I can find. Not a real cop. Not a young, up-and-coming gumshoe who I can corrupt yet. No. You, the guy who murdered, again, two dozen people on my property and put me in jail for being a gangster. You're going to help me because you're a good guy? Mm-hmm. Question mark? Yeah, it just seemed like they're really shoehorning in. Like, I guess you're just going to do it. Even though it makes no sense well, that you would. Here's the question I have, Brent. He offers you the choice. He says, will you help my granddaughter? And you have the choice. Yes, I will help. No, I will not help. What did you say? I said, uh, yes, I will you help. You said yes. Mm-hmm. And so it goes to, okay, I will help you. Begrudgingly, yeah. they shake hands. Right. He goes off to find his granddaughter. I chose no, <laughs> okay? Because to me, this would never happen. Right. I chose no. Well, I didn't, so, want the, I, I, I didn't want the girl's blood to be on my hands. Well, how about this? I say, no, I will never work for you, Al Capone. You're a terrible person. I'm sorry about your granddaughter. And he goes, come on, man. It's my granddaughter. Within a, in five seconds, Elliot Ness goes, okay, I guess I'll help you anyway, even All though right. I said no. Cool. Blueberry pie? Blueberry pie, anybody? <laughs> so strange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so you go to a, a guy's house. Where he's been murdered to, to, to like follow Wait, a lead. Is this is okay? When does the battle happen when you shoot through words? That's when you're killing all those people on okay. Al Capone's property. So let's go back to that for one second. It's really stylistically interesting. It it that that's like straight out of Alan Wake or Max Payne or Max Payne. Either you're or. shooting through words. Oh, by the way, same studio made both those games. And by the way, uh, the, one of the complaints I had about the game is like I never at any point felt like I was actually going to die. 
Oh, no. Like, I got shot, I felt like, a ton of times and still didn't die. thing you guys got to know is Brent's really bad at the at games that involve, like, running around and shooting. I am. You are. And so if you're not dying in the game, it must not it's be must possible. must not be possible to die. <laughs> so, so we learned here today, Ellie Ness is invincible. But this is where I'm talking about, like, stylistically, this game is incredible. There are so many neat visual things they do and, like, weird, like, storytelling things mm-hmm. they do. But then they turn around and then they have Ellie Ness... Having like a full on five minute conversation about how good his blueberry pie is. <laughs> it's just so weird. I like, can't get over it. Uh, the two hours, five of those minutes are spent on blueberry at, pie. At least. And that's if you don't linger in conversation. <laughs> I just hear you got the best rhubarb pie. Sorry, I'm all out of rhubarb pie. Would you like to try the blueberry pie? Yeah. I got one slice left. Mmm, I heard you had good blueberry. Oh my God. What I was are like, we doing? I was like, Okay, they're clearly talking in euphemisms, right? Oh, no. No. He's actually eating pie. And he pulls out a real slice of pie, and the guy really sits there, and you watch him eat it. I wanted it to be like some kind of secret code, like, so do you have blueberry pie? I do have blueberry pie. Let me go get that for you. And then he comes back with, like, you know. A gun? The, yeah, a gun, or the mission <laughs> the mission summary that Something. he's going to hand him. Yeah, a map. It's crazy. So you go to a house, you have a really cool, probably the be- highlight of the entire game is you go to a house where there's a murder, and there you have to put all the clues together. That took so long. It like, takes forever. That's half the game, Yes, I it is. Like. Uh, you go around, and it's a grisly, like, cult murder mm-hmm. where the guy's been, like, stuck with wrought iron in the living room, and his hands have been clasped together and stuck on rods in the bathroom, and it's just incredible. And, and so you, 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 you put all the pieces together. It's very, very cool. And then it takes you to the one locked room, which I guess even not solving the murder, you could have found yourself into the one locked room Mm -hmm. where you get attacked by a guy who gives you advice and says you got to go down to the docks, I believe. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, you go back to visit Al Capone. Brent, where do you where is Al Capone's luxury hotel in Chicago? Oh, it's in the Hindenburg. It's in the Hindenburg, ladies and gentlemen. And they even reference the fact that an that's accident. Not, that's not the name of some hotel. No. The actual, that's the name of the Zeppelin. The actual the blimp. Yes. The Hindenburg. The one that, you know, oh, the humanity yes. blew up. Yes. And they even have a picture on the wall of the Hindenburg on fire. Yeah. But somehow it didn't. And it says something like, Hindenburg survives fire. Yes. <laughs> and it's just tethered to a building. Right. And you just take a ride in which, an escalator or something to the Hindenburg is Hotel. Kind of right out of Bioshock Infinite, kinda. where they had the, 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 the city in the clouds or up above the city. And who owns the Hindenburg? Al, Al Capone. Capone. <laughs> Al Capone owns it. He's he's on there. And not only is like to my knowledge of blimps, you can't put an entire luxury hotel in a blimp. Not only does this blimp have a full theater. Broadway-sized theater. It also has an entire luxury hotel and well, a Japanese flower garden. You'd be surprised, Ray. I mean, they've really improved on uh, the, the quality of, of Zeppelins in the 1940s. <laughs> um, tell me one thing about this, Brent. I mean, this is your history buff. Back, Am I? Well, you could probably answer this question. Okay. In the 1940s, what was the general opinion of things that were Japanese or Japanese culture? Hmm. Would you say they were preferred? I would say from watching the movie Tora, 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 not good. Not good. I think George Takei will tell you that uh, internment camps were happening at that time. Thank you. Meanwhile, there's a Japanese rock slash flower garden on the Hindenburg for the only reason I can think of is we think Japanese culture is cool. Yeah. Not because we're, you know, modern age people from Japan. 
and that's our culture, so we're melding it. Like this is the weird thing about this game is it, it they they play it like a normal like film noir, Maltese Falcon, even L.A. noir like kind yeah. of thing. And then somebody, somebody, someone will just turn around and do something so completely wrong for that era, right? The only thing I could explain is it doesn't happen in the game, but an example, an analogy would be if you're talking with Al Capone about, oh, I bootlegged all that booze, and then I had to kill those guys, and now I'm the king of New York. Hold on a sec. My ramen noodles are done. Yeah. Slurp, 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 slurp. Mm. Like, I'm sorry. I love me some ramen noodles. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So there's a Japanese flower garden on the on the Hindenburg right? because there just is, guys. Just get over it. Yeah. Where there's a guy throwing knives. Brent, you want to tell us what happens with the guy oh throwing goodness, knives dude. in the flower garden? There's a guy practicing throwing knives with someone on like with someone on the wheel. A so real living human. A real living human. And then you walk up to interrupt the guy, you're like, excuse me, sir. And then Ah He murders her. He doesn't murder, I mean She's flat out dead. He well, it's your fault. And you just go, you look at it, you just caused a woman to be murdered. Yeah. By your accidental hand, you literally you... just turn and go, eh. Anyways. Oh, well. Anyway, off to the next. <laughs> I guess when you've already killed two dozen people, yeah. <laughs> you just don't care anymore who, who more you get killed. Well, <laughs> she won't know she's dead. She was blindfolded. Oh, good enough. Yeah. So, yes. And so then you go up and you visit Al Capone again. You end up at the, at the end of the game. I'm jumping forward a little bit. There's some more cult stuff that happens that is really weird and s- creepy and doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. They really linger on stuff that you really don't care about. Yeah. You're not, you know, I guess because of the granddaughter's still in peril. Look out. Bad right. people. But then you go to the docks of Chicago. Yeah. And the end of the game has you going to the docks in Chicago on, the, on, the, on Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. Lake Michigan. And you, you get inside what, Brent? Well, first of all, you walk up and you're like, well, what am I supposed to go aboard? That's right. There's nothing in there. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> from the depths. A nuclear submarine. <laughs> pops up from where? From the bottom of Lake They're Michigan? right next to the shore. Why would you put a submarine in Lake Michigan I in the first place? I believe that right next to the dock, it would be able to submerge. Oh, no, it would not. They, it's I mean, I, I was in the Navy. Water. That's right. Being a naval expert, Brent. I don't think that's true. To your Although, knowledge, you know, the technology was much better in the 1940s. So how do you, what's the purpose of a submarine in Lake Michigan? You put it in there, it can't go anywhere. What are you, attacking other boats? Other, like, small fishing I boats? I mean, it's like one of those things that are just like, okay, we really want to fool the people. What's the most unlikely thing to be here? <laughs> how fo- about the Loch Ness Monster? No, they might guess that one. That would be, that would be obvious. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon? No, X-Files Ship? just did no, that. No, okay. Uh... Nuclear submarine? Done. Oh, that'll never fit there. That's perfect. Oh, and there's no reason feasibly for a nuclear submarine to ever be in Lake Michigan. Doesn't matter. In. It sounds cool. Get on board the submarine. End of episode one. <laughs> Is episode two ever coming out? Like, did anybody in play theory, this game? In theory, they're playtesting it right now. In okay. theory, it's coming out in February. We'll, okay. we'll talk about it on the air. I, I guarantee it's going to be as weird as this. Yeah. So here's my question, Brent. This is the ultimate question for anybody I've talked to who played it. I get the same answer every time. Did you like this game? I have no idea. <laughs> That's if the I liked only it or answer. Not. That's I have the no only idea. answer I know. Did I love it? Maybe. Did I hate it? Like, Maybe. It was, it was interesting, but at some points I was like, why am I wasting my time doing this? Yes. I don't know. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's so incredible. And I just it's one of these games that after I played it kind of on like one night I, I had a couple of uh, a, a couple of bourbon pops. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to play this. It's five bucks. It's an episodic game, so it's probably two to three hours. Yeah. And I played it through at like 11 p.m. to one in yeah. the morning. 
just and then when it was done, my head looked like it was going to explode. Okay, here's here's what it here's what the here's what this game reminds me of. If I'm taking a real life situation, yes. All right, so uh, oh man, I'm having a weird day. Yeah, yeah, I'm having a weird day too. What's up, dude? Uh, I just I just had this dream last night. Okay, it's like it felt so real. I was like, uh, I was Elliot Ness, but I was selling. Blueberry pies at this thing, and it's why, like, why would Elliot Ness be selling I, blueberry I don't know, pie? But then all of a sudden, you know, Al Capone wants me to help his granddaughter, and I make great apple pies. Okay, and, well, what, what uh, happened to his granddaughter? Like, uh, she got captured by this like monster with horns. Oh, you know, it's like okay, a devil's cult something. Oh. Yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, it sounds weird now, but in the dream, it totally made sense. Yeah, yeah. In the moment, uh, it, it seemed clear. I killed a bunch of dudes, but there were words in the way. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, and then nothing ever. I just sent Al Capone to jail. But then he got out anyway, and uh, the Hindenburg doesn't have syphilis. Yeah, he doesn't have syphilis. But anyway, he he bought the Hindenburg. It didn't blow he up. He bought the Hindenburg. Which yeah, didn't it didn't blow up, up, and he turned into a hotel. There's a, a hotel. Cool Japanese garden on it. Why would there be a Japanese garden? What? Look, there just was, dude. There just was. Okay. Okay. And so then at the end, you know, I was, I was just a little. I'm just a little rattled still because at the end, you know, I went to the the, the Lake Michigan and <laughs> I got on this nuclear submarine that was hidden right at the docks. That doesn't even make the slightest amount of sense. Well, that's what happened. Oh, okay. So it's like a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a fever dream of it's some kind. Like a kind. weird dream that that makes sense while you're playing it. It's like somebody had a weird dream, woke up, and was like, write all this down. <laughs> In the moment, though, like you're 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 tolerating the weirdness of it. Then all of a sudden, something happens that's just so left field. Yeah. And that even in the moment. You're like okay and then you think about it afterwards and it's like this is what the h was that and this is the only reason we're talking about it on the show right now is because i just need to talk about it because it's one of those guys you need this experience is all i'm trying to say it's strange and i wanted episode two i want to see where this gosh darn thing goes you know part of it reminds me of people i don't know if anybody else watched played this game i played the first one and the second one i'm still waiting for the third one it's been like 10 years shenmue shenmue i knew you were gonna say that shenmue's great more than 10 years i played the first one it's been a very long time yeah um, so cool. the third one's still in development, right? They're doing beta on it. Uh, they're working. That... It's going to be PlayStation only, I believe. Unfortunately, <laughs> shut so. up. Are yeah, you? Yeah, I've heard. That. Are you being serious? No, they're for real working on it. Yes, that's you know one what? of the things they just announced not that I long ago. I might have to actually buy a, a PlayStation. To, to <laughs> I may have to come over just to watch you play it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we'll do a live stream. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, guys, we're talking way too long about this silly game. We're going to no, come right not. back. No, we're not. Uh, we could do a whole like podcast about this one. Let's game. do it after three seconds of Baby Puppy Monkey. <laughs> Guys, that's the show for today. Uh, we talked a lot about video games. Mm-hmm. I think we learned a little bit about ourselves. Video games, foosball, Super Bowls, nerd, nerd shows, nerd shows, X Files. I think right. this is a full episode. Yeah, so let's get out of here. Burp, I'm full. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, we got some contact information. If you want to hit up the show, hit us up facebook.com slash Podcast or Twitter at Podcast. You can hit me up at Almighty Ray. And I'm at Scoops Pope. Or you can email us, Podcast at gmail.com. Ooh. You sound too excited about yeah, that. Well. Oh, we got people we want to thank this week, Brent. Oh, got to thank the train wrecks. Got to thank the train wrecks. We also might want to thank Jeremy Buck in the Bang. Oh, got to thank Greg Lopez for making our jingle. He did make the jingle. We haven't used it in a while. Yeah. I guess we should have with Johnny Manziel, who's getting arrested now. That's right. But it was under like the sad circumstance that made mm-hmm. me not want to talk about it yeah. that way. We couldn't really make fun of it too much. How about Jordan Monsell? Got to thank the artist, Jordan Monsell. Go to Silhouettes by Jordan on Facebook or hit up jordanmonsell.com. Mm-hmm. I also got to thank our intrepid producer, even though he let the dogs in here yeah. earlier. David Knoll. Mm-hmm. All right, David. You're not going to... Thank you. There it is. I'm like waiting for it. Like, what are you doing? Uh, anybody else you want to thank today, Brent? Good night, everybody.
gonna have to drag me out.